friends. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, there's so much to celebrate. The Holy Spirit is moving, and we're witnessing an awakening, really, across the Trinity Conference. As many of you know, Jim Welch and I spend a lot of time traveling, uh, maybe understatement there, and many of the lay leaders and clergy from across the conference uh, we've been able to meet with. And everywhere we go, we encounter people with energy and excitement for what God is doing in and through us. And so as we live into the season, we're actively seeking ways to tell our story, to broadly share some of the inspirational things happening through our ministries. So this podcast is a part of our plan to get the word out. So I'm grateful that you found us and uh, that you're spending some time with us today. So first, some introductions of who's with us on the podcast. Uh, my name is Jason Burnham, and I'm humbled, honored to share this time with you. I am the executive officer of the Trinity Conference. And it's great to be with you. I'm Jim Welch, and a newcomer to podcast. Done a few, but not many. Uh, so it's wonderful to be able to sit with these guys and have a conversation behind big microphones uh, that are here. <laughs> uh, my role in the conference is I'm the president pro tempore, uh, which is a short-term um, position uh, until we are settled as a denomination. Uh, it's how I function within the conference. And my name's Drew Essen. Um, in my day job, I serve as the executive pastor at the Woodlands Methodist Church. Yeah, days only? Only days. Um, and then I'm humbled to be able to spend some time with Jason and Jim and the rest of our team as I serve as the chair of the strategic planning team uh, for the conference. Yeah, so, uh, so where we are today, we're specifically going to uh, give some energy and attention to this conference-wide uh, heart, vision, and spirit that, that is now the Trinity Conference to, to really spend a first conversation uh, reminding ourselves of where we've come from and to look forward to, to where we're going. Uh, so where are we today? Just can you believe it? We, we're wrapping up our first year as a conference, uh, we were founded uh, January 1st, 2023, just past the one-year anniversary. And today we have 368 churches mm. and around 500 pastors yeah. in just over a year. Uh, so uh, just, Jim, would you help us kind of remind us where we've been, take a look back for a few moments before we look ahead uh, and, and give us some highlights of what you've seen happen over the last year. You know, Jason and, and Drew, let me, let me say that uh, this is my 50th year in ministry. So I've been at this for a while. Uh, what I understand in um, our inheritance from our Wesleyan background is that we are called as pastors and as people to spread scriptural holiness across the land. Mm. Well, scriptural holiness is defined in dual ways as both social and personal holiness. And what's important for me in our conference, and I think what drew me to the GMC, is that we began to refocus on the importance of personal holiness mm -hmm. that leads us into social holiness, mm -hmm. rather than social holiness apart from any personal relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. So I think that who we are as a people ought to be rooted in our relationship with who Jesus is. And so I hope as a conference that's exactly what we do and who we are. Um, when we got started, how when, Jason? Uh, yeah. uh, I guess it was fall of 22 we began work. Uh, yeah. You know, as soon as the determination was made uh, that this group was going to be formed uh, uh, out of previous renewal movements in the Methodist Church, in the United Methodist Church, that became the Global Methodist Church, 
um, uh, we began, began to have, or others began to have conversations in Texas about joining with the GMC. And so uh, Jason and I came on early uh, in this to fashion um, uh, and a structure for an annual conference. Uh, there was guidelines to that in a provisional book of doctrines and discipline, uh, but we began to work uh, on ways in which we could indeed um, uh, look at what it means to follow Jesus more closely as a covenant people mm-hmm. and how that developed. So that's kind of the beginning for me and uh, in, in how we put it together. Yeah, and we've had uh, a convening conference last February, an annual conference in July, and now we're preparing for uh, two more conferences this year. Why not? Let's have a special session uh, to elect delegates in April and then a June conference as well. So, uh, Drew, anything as you look back that, that you would just want to highlight and, uh, and, and invite just kind of us all to remember and celebrate with you? Yeah, I mean, one of the main things that comes to my mind is, you know, when we first started this, we were the Eastern Texas Conference, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I remember back even as early as TCAT, Uh, days, you know, even before the Connectional Council, uh, kind of one of the governing bodies of the conference was established, we began to have these conversations with uh, the folks in Louisiana. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, here in Texas, we had gotten off the ground fairly quickly and we're moving, things were happening. Um, But we quickly learned that our brothers and sisters in Louisiana uh, needed a place to to call home, needed a conference to call home. And what I've loved of this last year is just uh, this beautiful coming together of people that are centered on Jesus, mm. um, who are Orthodox Wesleyans coming together, not only from Eastern Texas, but from Louisiana and then Arkansas. Um, mm-hmm. so when I think over, over our work over the past year and, and the way that God has moved in our midst, I think one of the most exciting things is we went from the Eastern Texas conference to the Trinity conference yeah, yeah. and kicking that off uh, at the top of this year has just been uh, such a joy. And I think that we are uh, a stronger conference uh, because of our brothers and sisters in Louisiana and Arkansas. And it's just opened um, open doors of ministry that we're still just excited to walk through that weren't there before. So I think that's just been uh, a major highlight for me. You know, Drew, I think you're exactly right. I'm really grateful to the Wesley Covenant Associations in both Louisiana and in Arkansas, uh, which were renewal movements in the UMC uh, that voiced an interest in becoming part of the Eastern Texas Conference. And so with Jason's help and encouragement, I mean, we invited those folks to attend our convening conference. And at that conference, uh, invited them to become part of who, who we are. And they have embraced that. And so uh, we now uh, are spread over these three states. Um, neither Jason nor I, who have toured these areas twice, okay, mm-hmm. um, understood exactly uh, how far it is from the tip of Louisiana to Missouri. I mean, it's a long <laughs> way uh, to, to drive all that. But we've met wonderful people yeah. uh, in, in that mix. And so... Uh, two of the presiding elders that we have, and we set the structure up in a way where we invited pastors, current pastors, to have supervisory responsibilities and spiritual responsibilities for churches in their areas. And so in Louisiana and Texas, we have, in Louisiana and Arkansas, excuse me, we have three presiding elders, one in Louisiana, Ben McGee, who's just a great leader of the WCA, yeah. uh, and Jeff Warwick and Clark Atkins in Arkansas, uh, who have done a remarkable job uh, of keeping us posted on what's going on in those areas. 
Can I say one more thing that just came to mind yeah. real brief, Jason, that I think is incredible is uh, when I look over the past year is, is 18, 18 new worship communities or churches that have started as a part of the, the Trinity conference. Yeah. Um, I think that that is absolutely incredible of the Lord moving and starting new things. And I think it, it leads well probably into the next part of our conversation. Yeah, and, and I'd just say first and foremost that that movement is, is happening as a groundswell, uh, grassroots, that it's amongst the laity. I mean, in every single one of these instances, it's laity that have said the Lord is calling us, inviting us to, uh, to be a part of this movement and to build this thing from the ground up. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's conference uh, secondarily or tertiary because it's the laity first and then uh, and then we're just coming alongside what the Spirit of God is doing in and amongst them. Uh, I do want to maybe turn our attention. I mean, we we as a conference have um, have begun to, to this work of envisioning who we're going to be moving forward and what the responsibilities of the conference are. We want to be clear on that because uh, by God's grace, we don't want to uh, to fall into some of the same uh, bad habits that we might have once known. And so, uh, Drew, could you remind us uh, as we began this process of, of developing a strategic vision for who we will be, what came first and how we kind of built on that together? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, my... Uh, my undergrad was in organizational leadership and supervision. And so when sure. I, <laughs> so when I was so humbled, when uh, I got the invitation to, to help to, to join in this work. Um, but what's, what's different about, uh, do, uh, making an organizational plan or a strategic framework or strategic plan for a business or some other secular organization. Um, it's different in, yeah. in the church and in our denomination and in our conference, right? Um, because uh, we don't start with metrics or um, uh, strategies or anything like that. We start with Jesus. We start Amen. with Matthew 28. Amen. We start with uh, creating disciples mm -hmm. and making disciples. Um, and we know that that comes from a place of deep sanctification that begins in us. Um, and so that that's really where we, we start, right? Um, and that's what is at the forefront of what we do. Before we started thinking about, okay, um, uh, who's gonna do what and what does that look like and uh, what does our website look like and all these kind of technical things, we just always go back. We say, okay, let's look at Matthew 28. Let's look at uh, the Great Commission, what we're actually doing here. Um, and then next for me, you know, after that it jumps in my mind to Acts 2, right? The the early church, what were those mm. things that they were doing together um, that where they were growing? They were growing not only in number, but growing deeper um, spiritually and, and walking closer in their new walk. And, and that's when the Lord added to their numbers daily, right? So that's yeah. that's kind of where I, uh, we began, you know? And, and, you know, our process began with bringing clergy and lay leaders um, from around the conference and from Louisiana and from Arkansas, from all corners, all those places you talked about, Jim, um, and started asking this question, okay, if we're going to be uh, a, a conference like this, what, what's kind of some strategic framework that we can use mm -hmm. to help us to be organized? Um, because as Methodists, we love methodology. We, love, uh, we do love process and procedure. Um, and so we started dreaming and listening, and, and that's really what we did this first year. Um, Lots was, of listening. Was a lot of listening, yeah. surveys, and we thank everyone who's attended an event, attended a area meeting with Jim and Jason uh, uh, or with your uh, presiding elder, and we got so much feedback. And what we came to is these, this beautiful strategic framework, Jason, that we've uh, 
really just loved seeing come to life in different ways. And it's, it's threefold. It's that, mem- that members disciple, that churches multiply, and that the conference equips. And we think that that's simple. It's scriptural. It points us always back to Jesus. And honestly, um, it, it kind of helps to remind us what the conference's role is, right? right. And that's not to be, um, uh, speaking as a, as a local church pastor, that's not to be some sort of uh, uh, overarching, uh, you know, uh, overforce that's uh, pushing things down. Yeah. We said, no, we know that the real local ministry starts in local churches and, and with clergy and with lay leaders who are doing that. So it's been really exciting to see it come I remember alive. remember those conversations that, that we had in the early days on strategic planning. And, and man, it's so simple to for us to kind of bend into this into a corporate or bureaucratic mindset and start uh, uh, really drilling down into goal setting yeah. and strategies and, and all of that work. And then it was like, like, like Holy Spirit revelation for us. It was, yeah. it's all about me. The Lord said to us, uh, like, like make sure the aim is, is centrally focused on Jesus. And I, I love this, this, this description of that. It's both evangelical and it's about holiness. It's the, mm-hmm. those two things being, uh, put both together. It's make disciples and teach them. Yeah. Uh, it is that Matthew 28 view for us. And, you know, for both of you, what y'all said is wonderful. And what Mr. Wesley warned us about was that without Christ, we could turn into a dead sect. Mm -hmm. And inevitably, uh, when you form new institutions in that excitement uh, and begin to organize, the danger is to grow um, bureaucratically so that that bureaucratization that comes deadens our spirit. Did you just invent a word? No, it's there somewhere. (laughs) Bureaucratization. How many syllables is that? Uh, but nonetheless, I do think it's essential, Jason, that, that you're exactly right, that we keep our hearts and minds focused on Jesus. Okay? Um, you know, postmodern society, you know, I, I raised a granddaughter who's now a junior in college, and, and she's in the midst of that wave of change that try, attempts to find meaning in altered identities. Okay? Mm. We see it all around us. The problem with finding meaning in an altered identity is that without Christ, that desperate search is hopeless. Okay? Mm. That it is only in Jesus that we find the true hope of who we are and what we're meant to do and to be as human beings. And we must never in the church lose sight of that. Okay? Mm. Our focus has to be on who Christ is and in that proclamation of who Jesus is. Absolutely. And and in this strategic framework, the, mm-hmm. the the description is that all global Methodist members have this responsibility Amen. of yeah. disciple making. This mm-hmm. is not a, a clergy thing or even, right. even a lay leadership elected right. thing. This is all global Methodist yeah. disciples yeah. because disciples make disciples. We know that to be true, and the, the, the gospel message is clear on that. And so uh, I love that we could consider the— the kind of proliferation of hope that can take place when a body comes together under that clear aim that disciples would make disciples. And so as we kind of turn that, uh, that attention towards, hey, how are, how's our conference forming? How is it shaping up as an equipping function? centrally focused uh, on that work because we know that the real work of discipleship is is with the members and multiplication in the local church. I'm, I'm just curious how you're seeing this this developing focus on equipping 
and and where we are maybe maybe give some fo- folks some some hope on uh how things are are, are shaping up because i know that uh as we're growing as a body people are uh are, are looking for that 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 resourcing and that uh equipping work yeah i mean i think here's the good news is um we were in a meeting recently with uh our the texas lay leader oscar garza mm-hmm. um, and he he reminded us of some good news uh that uh, the global Methodists are not a complacent people. No, we're not. Uh, these people are fired up for Jesus, and so uh, they are hungry for for ways uh, to continue to spread the gospel, and that's so encouraging. And it makes uh, I think the conference's job—I um, don't want to say easier, but it, it's certainly refreshing. I would mm. say is that you have people that are just hungry uh, to spread the gospel, to grow in sanctification, to grow in discipleship, to move on towards perfection. And they're serious about it. They want to do something about it. Mm. The gospel is alive in their hearts and they have an urgency. And so uh, when we see this shaping up in the conference, um, I think, you know, and and no offense to the conference, uh, but I think the conference's job is number one: let's stay out of the way as best we can, um, and let's try to equip that—that that be the job of the conference, right? To to come forward and to listen like we have, and say, okay, what are those things that that you need in order to keep this going? What are, what is the lay leadership development need to look like? What what resources? Uh, do you need? And the same on clergy and on churches. What we're experiencing right now at the beginning of this denomination is that we started with our resources um, almost at ground zero, you know? And so that's been so much of what we're trying to do. So we're just trying to listen. Um, But what my hope would be is that the conference as it moves forward in equipping would, would focus on developing lay leadership, developing on developing resources for lay people, um, helping to uh, connect them with one another, to be able to share in common ministry. We have so many lay people across the conference that are doing incredible ministry. Um, and it's not, it's not the clergy that, that are always doing it. It's, it's the lay people. So we, we want to empower and equip the lay people. At, at the same time, we want to invest in our clergy. I think that's another huge thing, to be able to uh, develop and train them and let them help them to grow into this next generation or this first generation of global Methodist clergy mm-hmm. and what that looks like. So what are the ways that we are developing and discovering and deploying pastoral leadership? And then the third thing I think is uh, learning how we are equipping churches, uh, churches with um, resources, churches with connecting to other churches to do for Beck's practices and for really uh, the conference inspiring and, and facilitating connectionalism. I think that that is such a huge way the conference is going to be able to step in. Yeah, I think, I think, I think there's an essential principle to remember about the three things that you said, yeah. that in every case, our ministry must be collaborative and not hierarchical. Yeah. In too many cases uh, throughout history, the church is led uh, by clergy. And, and we as clergy, and we're all clergy here, that we as clergy have to pay close attention to be collaborative with passionate lay people who are really driving this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the metaphor, I forget the metaphor you used earlier, but I was thinking of another metaphor, okay? Uh, when I was a kid, uh, my grandparents had horses, and so I'd ride the horse, and when you head the horse away from home, okay, it would go slow and and plotty, but you turn that horse toward home, you better hold on, okay? Because oh, <laughs> that horse is going to take you there, and yeah. you just got to hold on. I think part of our role, okay, 
is to hold on to the horse that's headed home to Jesus. I'll <laughs> preach. I'll preach. <laughs> just, just hang in there. Yeah. Uh, and make sure and make sure that we collaborate that it's headed in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's so that's so good. Uh, I do feel like you 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 could just go for about twenty minutes in a sermon I, I, on that one. Yeah. Is is that one written yet? Are you ready to? No, but to... I had I had a poem, but the horse thing sounded better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, such a an, an amazing thing to to think about what we would do uh, as as a conference uh, if we were really about um, really. Uh, understanding where the Lord is already moving amongst the laity mm-hmm. and and really listening to what is going on there, where those needs are, so that we could equip uh, uh, each layer of the organization, the laity and the churches uh, and the clergy with the resources they need to continue to, to grow and, and further their mission and ministry. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it, it needs to be uh, supportive and understand that uh, it's not the instigating force, mm-hmm. but it's a supportive and uh, role where we're just inspiring what is already uh, at work to continue on and to be fruitful. Um, I, I've been thinking about what's been taking place in the school of ministry yeah. uh, in our conference mm-hmm. and uh, to see uh, so many uh, lay persons uh, who are uh, expressing a desire to know what it means to share the gospel, uh, to preach, to lead, whether that's uh, in in a Sunday school class or in a in a Wesleyan class meeting, or if it's to to go out and be a pulpit fill, um, we're seeing so many lay persons step forward and say, "I'm hearing uh, a call." Uh, I don't know if that's to be clergy or if it's uh, just to surrender to whatever the next thing God has for me is. But um, the conference uh, and the board of ministry and the, and the work of that, uh, that school of ministry team, it's just been astounding to see those, those laypersons step up. And I think those examples are everywhere. You know, going back to the, to the new church starts that we've talked about, I think about our friends at Central Houston <laughs> Methodist, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, who have just, uh, would, didn't have a pastor, just rose up and said, uh, we, we want to start a church inside the loop where there's uh, not a great representation of Orthodox uh, Wesleyan churches. There's just not. And they just rose up and started meeting and uh, just to- You know, Drew, I worshiped there two Sundays ago. Yeah. yeah. On, on Marathon Sunday. Oh, incredible. <laughs> and the place where they're worshiping fronts Montrose Boulevard. For yep. those of you who don't know Montrose Boulevard, is where the the uh, uh, the marathon ran, and they shut the whole area down. You, you could not get to the church. You can't get today. to it. I mean, unless you just kind of knew the way. Well, they had a whole bunch of folks there who managed to find their way, and that church is led by a PhD, a professor at yeah. Rice, okay, yeah. who's a physicist, okay, who works with nanotechnology. And he's preaching the gospel. I'm thinking, now this is interesting. <laughs> Shout out, Henry. We love you, dude. Yeah, we love you, Henry. <laughs> Dr. Henry Everett. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be with them this, th- this uh, Sunday. That'd be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. And I do want to say a word, Jason, about the School of Ministry, though, because I think it's important for those of you outside of our conference who may not know what, the, what, what we're talking about here. When we began, um, and as the transfer of churches were taking place, we had a real need for pastoral leadership. There were churches without pastors. And what Jason is saying is there were people within the churches, Sunday school teachers, leaders, who really stepped up to the plate okay, and found their voice. Okay? Mm. You know, and that statement, how can they hear without a preacher? Okay? 
Well, they found their voice to preach, and in that preaching proclaimed Jesus in a way that is not only transforming those small churches, but in another, another phrase, a, a seminary professor said, preach it till you get it, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, they're getting it, okay? Mm-hmm. They're getting the power of Christ through the Holy Spirit as they lead these churches. It's an extraordinary thing to see. Yeah. I could tell you story after story. I won't bore you with all those stories I've got, but it's just amazing. I mean, we found a pastor on the back of a tractor, for heaven's sakes, <laughs> <laughs> who took over a little church worshiping four people. I think he's already doubled the attendance. Come you know? on. <laughs> four to eight doesn't sound like great, but if you knew if you could, if you knew that you couldn't find that church on Google Maps, you'd understand why, but it's yeah. pretty interesting. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. It is, and, and, and I see what's happening in, across the conference. You know, Drew, earlier you talked about this this vision that we heard from Oscar recently, which was this, hey, we don't have a complacent uh, yeah. body. We have a, a passionate, energized, enthusiastic body, and so how do we uh, kind of really lean in and, and become that supportive, equipping role? And uh, that church-to-church connection is something I— I'm really excited about, and I think that the Lord is going to use, uh, because that's what connectionalism should look like. Yeah. Connectionalism just isn't to an institution or an office somewhere, and it's not just a place we, we send our, our connectional funding, but it's it's the way in which we relate to one another in encouragement, support, and learning. And, and there's so much for us individually and collectively to learn from one another uh, and so we want to be able to listen and have that that posture uh, throughout this work. You know, the equipping function that we have as a conference, and we and truly that is the goal, to equip churches to do this ministry of encouraging their folks mm-hmm. to make disciples. That it's, it's an ironic thing to me that we go through COVID, okay, and in that COVID experience begin to develop technological tools that churches did not have. Mm. The tools were present. They just were not encouraged to use them, and they were forced into using those technical tools. And suddenly, we have churches that are much more attuned technologically to the proclamation of the gospel that assist us in equipping churches. Okay? Yeah. So I think one of our roles okay, is to harness that technological uh, ability okay, mm-hmm. to the proclamation of the gospel to assist people in proclaiming the good news to those around them, both pastors and laity. Um, I, maybe it's not so ironic. Maybe we just ought to rely <laughs> on the Holy Spirit in this. But yeah. I'm, it, but nonetheless, it's pretty remarkable. It is. It's remarkable. And and <laughs> I just want to take a moment to maybe ladder up for a second and, and take a broader view of things. Uh, so in our conference, we're uh, we're now getting ready for the third conference in April and, and then this June and, uh, June's conference. I'm so excited. Uh, the, the conference theme just released, uh, even greater things and to really focus on this hopeful future that God has in store for us as a people together as the Trinity conference. And then this, this September, I mean, in Costa Rica, we have yeah. our convening general conference. So the world will know really anchoring us on why we exist as a people to begin with so the world will know Jesus. I mean, there's there, there's no better way to, to cast vision for who we are. And so uh, I'm enthusiastic about these things and want to just get your sense of, hey, what's 2024 for you? Is we're sitting here January 24 and looking forward to what this year is. What, what gets you excited and why are you hopeful about the future? Well, I think um, 
we're we're kind of going through a, a season of first still, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, where it's it's strange when we're really excited about a, a April conference to elect general conference delegates, right? <laughs> um, but I think we're still in this season of, of, of first, and I think there's something. Were really you ever excited for electing general conference delegates before? No, Th no, that that wasn't a no, thing. No, wasn't, wasn't a thing. No, wasn't okay. a thing. Okay. But, and and I think it's just been uh, just on that for two seconds. Like I think it's been incredible, and it shows how invested our people are that we've had so many applications for <laughs> both lay and clergy applications for general conference. For me, that's like, there's a people here who are not complacent. They're ready to serve. They are ready to, uh, to take, to take these steps to help our, our new denominations. So I think for me, uh, what I'm excited about is in really trying to savor in, you know, personally and, and, and in our church is just, we're still in those doing a lot of those firsts. Mm -hmm. We're going to have our first general conference together. We're going to have our first, uh, we, we had our convening conference, but our first as Trinity conference. Our this first in Louisiana, baby. Our, yeah, that's yeah. right. Let's go <laughs> Shreveport. Our first, you know, just as a, a clergy person who, um, hopes to serve this conference, you know, for the next 30 or 40 years, whatever that looks like for me, um, I'm really just slowing down personally and just thanking the Lord for, for, I was there, I was there at that first Trinity conference. And I, I think everyone in our conference, um, should come expectant to what the Lord's going to do. So, um, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. I, I'm excited too, Drew. I would, I would give a warning. Okay. Um, in all these years of ministry, uh, leading churches, um, and I've pretty much been a local church pastor, did some administrative work, but, um, when churches were going through renewal, revival, uh, and important movements driven by the Spirit, inevitably there would be roadblocks placed. Okay? Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm convinced those roadblocks uh, are devilish, okay? mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that Satan puts roadblocks in our way, particularly when great things are happening. Mm -hmm. uh, I think some of the things that we're gonna experience over this next year are gonna be difficult mm -hmm. because, okay, we are doing great things. I mean, Jason has some numbers about uh, where we are in worship attendance, which were really surprising. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we have now just over 50% of the year in reports in, and we're still trending to have 14% uh, in-person worship attendance increase wow. across our conference. Wow. I mean, what? And I never see, we've never seen that. I mean, and suddenly we have this increase and increase in excitement people who are coming out, I mean, if, at the School of Ministry where these laity were coming forward, uh, receiving that, not just a call, but answering that call to ministry, um, just seeing folks that you would never imagine uh, would be doing this. You know, seeing a physics professor um, uh, at the front of a church telling them about Jesus, mm -hmm. those were extraordinary moments for me. Yeah. And, it, and it hit me uh, in all these things that Welch, you better gird up your loins here mm -hmm. because there there could be some difficult times ahead. So I think it's incumbent upon us as leaders, Drew, yes. okay, yeah. to maintain um, not only our excitement but our hope and our realization that we are led by Jesus, okay, mm -hmm. who will continue to lead us toward the truth and toward the fulfillment uh, of the kingdom itself. Yeah, and and Jim, that's a perfect transition for us. Uh, uh, as as we we gather around for this podcast, wherever you're listening, uh, I want you to 
take some time to join us in prayer. We're going we're gonna to pray over uh, the Trinity Conference, over the Global Methodist Church, over the clergy, the laity, the, the spirits leading. And uh, Jim, you say we need, we need to, to trust in the Lord in this and we need to lay it at his feet. And so let's do that in prayer. And Jim, I'm going to ask you if, if, if you would lead the way and then we'll, uh, we'll continue on together in prayer. Well, let's pray together. Oh, Lord, we're so grateful for our time together and for the presence and power of your Holy Spirit that leads and guides us. Draw us closer to you, Lord. Draw us nearer to your precious bleeding side so that we might recognize that in our sins forgiven, we have the possibility of new life and new promise, that you've promised us the victory of light over darkness, that you've promised us, O Lord, a new life rooted in you that gives our identity not in the world, but gives our identity in you. Help us know first and foremost, O Lord, that we are yours and that from your love we cannot be separated. Help us to trust in that and in trusting in that, move us forward as a people, a covenant people in connection together. Jesus, what a privilege it is to to serve you. Lord, and just in this moment, I'm just reminded of how much you have given to us. So in turn, Lord, we we give our lives to you. We dedicate everything we are, all that we have and all that we are for all that you are, God. So Lord, we we commit as we we begin uh, these new seasons, these firsts, Lord, we, we continually commit ourselves to you and your service. God, we commit any plans that we have, Lord, um, we just pray that they come from you, Lord, and that they can um, that be covered in your wisdom and in your grace, Lord, and that you can uh, just just use us, Lord. Um, we're here and we're expectant of what you have for us. Let us to be uh, let us be an open hand people, God, just ready and willing to to follow the guide and the movement of your Holy Spirit. Uh, and God, just in this moment, I I, I pray for our leaders. Um, I, I pray for our bishops, Lord. I, I pray for, for Jim and Jason and, and for their families, Lord, that, that you've called and, and set them apart, God, to, to lead for this moment, uh, Lord. Uh, just continue to give them wisdom, give them strength, give them health, Lord. And, and we dedicate all of this, all of this to you, Lord. It's not for us. We're not building our own kingdom, God. We're building your kingdom. Uh, and Lord, we pray for all of those. Um, who are listening, God, that you would just bless them, Lord, that you would just um, uh, move in their hearts, Lord, to have an urgency for the gospel, to, to grow closer to you in sanctification, Jesus. We'll give it all to you. Father, we we come before you uh, acknowledging that, that, that we stand on the shoulder of shoulders of prophets, of teachers, uh, of leaders uh, who were so... Uh, clearly devoted to you that they were willing to take a bold witness um, and and to stand on your word uh, in ways that that, that caused uh, them to to enter into uh, to strain and stress and uh, Lord that that uh, they had to endure arrows and so Lord we pray that you would uh, you would remind us uh, that that we uh, come from a great line of leaders 
And we ask now, Father, your blessing upon uh, the work of, uh, of the, those that helped to, to lead the denomination. Uh, Lord, we thank you for Keith Boyette, for his, uh, for his vision, for his leadership, and for his tireless effort. Lord, we thank you for the, the staff of the Global Methodist Church that, uh, that have been working to, to onboard thousands of clergy and churches into the denomination. Uh, Lord, we pray for the leaders on the Transitional Leadership Council, the TLC. Lord, we, we thank you for their, their willingness to devote time every single Monday uh, to be together and to, to devote their lives to you. And so, Father, uh, we come now and we, we pray against any scheme of the enemy. Mm-hmm. We pray against any, uh, any desire of Satan to, uh, to thwart the work of your church lord we pray that you would uh, that you would offer up a hedge of protection that you would be our 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 rear guard lord we pray that you would uh, that you would uh, cover us with the presence and protection of your heavenly host so that uh, the work of your hand uh, in and through us would uh, would would know the victory because you have won the victory and so we celebrate that today lord i thank you for uh, for each and every church in the Trinity Conference. Uh, Lord, each and every one of the 368 churches, I thank you. And I ask, Lord, your blessing upon them, your anointing, that you would anoint uh, each church with the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, that your word would be proclaimed and that your truth would be known and that lives would be changed and that people would offer themselves to, uh, to you fully, to your lordship and to your grace. So I pray, Father, that, that, that you would uh, connect us together that we would fully embrace uh, a, a, a kingdom, uh, early church understanding of what it means to be connected to one another, that we would be bound up in grace and love for each other. Lord, help us to partner in the gospel so that your word would be known. Lord, we thank you for, uh, for the work of the laity that lead. Uh, help us uh, who are clergy uh, to, to support and equip so that uh, the work of discipleship would be known throughout our, our conference and indeed throughout the world. And Lord, we, we, we pray for the leaders of, uh, of the Wesleyan movement across the world that face challenges that we can't conceive of. We ask, Lord, that you would multiply their efforts and that you would uh, supply for their every need. Father, you're so good. You are so good. It's been so uh, honoring to be a part of this work. So we pray, Father, uh, that you would be glorified in it. All for your glory, honor, and praise. We pray this in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. 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 It's great to be with all of you uh, on this uh, this Trinity Conference podcast. Uh, we look forward to being with you again. <laughs>